Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Man, last week we had a storm here, this week too. Just, you got another just bring storm. It with well, you. it's that time of the day, nights, yeah. time of the evening in uh, Florida that uh, thunderstorms roll through. Hey, we got heard you talking. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, last week uh, Tony Logue from Benton, Kentucky, down in West Kentucky. And uh, he's an outstanding, up and coming singer songwriter, uh, representative of the sort of that that uh songwriting culture in kentucky which is wonderful i live in kentucky megan lives in kentucky jerry's wife came from cynthiana kentucky so we've all got some of that in our blood as well and so stick around uh last third of the show megan's going to have a conversation with tony we're going to hear another one of his songs and uh have a little conversation with him hey jerry uh, yes a few weeks back we did an episode on uh, a school board that had made a decision that was kind of a wacky decision. Uh, they killed a diversity day program in a suburban district east right. of Cincinnati. And we had a little conversation about whether school boards are becoming battlegrounds for the Republican Party, where they find some hot button issues, critical race theory, et cetera. And then they try to capitalize that on that to win seats to impact school board policy and maybe even to groom people for future office uh, running. Uh, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, we're and I think about it, we're we're three years short of the centennial of what's referred to as the scopes trial. I bring that up particularly to our young people because in today's increasingly right-wing anti-educational environment, there may be, they may be prohibited from learning about it in school, but its relevance to their lives today should immediately become clear. Back in 1925, the Tennessee state legislature passed a law which prohibited teachers in tax-supported public schools from teaching any theory that, and I'm quoting here, denies the story of the divine creation of man as taught in the Bible, and to teach instead that man has descended from a lower order of animals. This was the new anti-evolution law, and any teacher who taught anything that contradicted the literal word of the Bible would be arrested facing a possible prison term. Welcome to the Culture Wars, 1925. Thomas Scopes, a 24-year-old high school teacher who led his class in a discussion of Darwin's theory of evolution, agreed to become a test case for this frightening new law, and indeed had his friends report him to the prosecutor. A few days later, he was predictably arrested and charged, and so the town of Dayton, Tennessee, became the backdrop of the sensational Scopes trial, dubbed the trial of the century a national event carried live on that new medium called radio. The Bible versus science, Christian fundamentalism versus Darwinism. 
The drama of this confrontation, the early 20th century version of America's culture wars, was portrayed, admittedly, with some poetic license, in the popular play and movie Inherit the Wind, still worth seeing if you haven't already done so. Each side brought in their top generals, William Jennings Bryan, the three-time defeated Democratic nominee for president and national leader of the Christian fundamentalist movement, and representing the defendant teacher, renowned civil liberties attorney Clarence Darrow. Of course, this wasn't just about science versus religion, a debate which still roils us to this day, but it dealt perhaps more fundamentally with the question of whether in a democracy, the taxpayers through their representatives in the legislature and on their school boards, whether they should have the right to determine what their kids should be taught and what they won't. Sounds straightforward enough. The one who pays the piper calls the tune. In this case, it's the taxpayer. But the issue suggests a little more complexity. I assume we want our kids to be educated, which is why we hire professionals, that is teachers. When we pay a doctor to medically treat a loved one in need, we don't slap on the scrubs, head for the operating room and perform the surgery ourselves. That's better left to the doctor who's actually trained in this matter as a pilot is better trained in landing a plane than the passengers. And yes, a teacher is better trained to educate our kids. When we let our politics, or as it was in 1925, our religion, get in the way of teachers doing their job, not only does your kid suffer, but the rest of the class or school suffers as well. Denying students the opportunity of learning science as it was back in the Scopes trial, or actual American history, as is the case in some states now, is nothing short of educational malpractice. It has real-world implications. For example, the horror of the mass murder a few days ago of 10 African Americans who were simply shopping, a mass killing carried out by a white racist and his assault rifle, inspired by the right-wing white replacement theory, demonstrates the absurdity of these restrictions placed on teachers. What are they supposed to say in class this week when they're asked, why is this happening? How long has it been going on? What, What can we do to stop this? How can we lessen all this racism? Under the law, the teacher can only say, I can't talk about this or I'll be fired. Or pretend there are two sides to every issue though it offends even the loosest moral standard to believe racism ever has a side. If we're not able to teach our kids that racism, prejudice, and violence are bad, and everything must be done to excise this cancer from our civic being, then what's the point of education? To just learn math so we can count the bodies? To school board members around the country, if you don't think our children should be fully educated about the world as it is, so they'll be able to navigate and where possible improve the country and planet they're about to inherit, then why are you running for and serving on school boards in the first place? Then how are we different from Putin and Russia, where teachers, journalists, and politicians there are prohibited from and imprisoned for saying anything negative about him or Russia. 
Today, our teachers are fired for discussing race. Back in 1925, they were fired for discussing evolution. Maybe that worry was for North. I mean, how much have we evolved anyway? Excellent, Jerry. Yep. God, great comparison. Mm-hmm. Maybe we nice. should always have thunder underneath Jerry talking. I know. It, it really does add something, Jerry. I know. The thunder <laughs> and lightning behind me. I want to thank the good Lord for backing me on this position. I mean, it's but, very dramatic. Very it dramatic. Really is. I, if I we can get some flashing, flashing lights. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is great. Of course, if I'm hit by lightning tomorrow morning, you'll know that maybe he didn't approve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might have approved of the message, just not of the messenger. Who hey, the messenger. joined the crowd. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you read into that. Oh, yeah. Lord. Hey, um, no, that's a good comparison. And it's and time will tell if um, this this uh, strategy, because I'm, I'm seeing it happen just by following the news all across the country school board by school board they're trying to take over the schools and by the way the this school in question in cincinnati outside of cincinnati is where my two kids graduated is so it? i i kind of have a dog in this fight or at least a background in it and i think the school board that uh killed this diversity program and again let me recap real fast it was voluntary it was for juniors and seniors only the content was all spelled out in a permission slip that the parent had to sign. Uh, school was not canceled, and they still spiked it because they saw it as a critical race theory. And they made that district for a moment a laughing stock. That is what well, happened. Gene, they fixed racism, so there's no reason. There's no reason to have diversity now. It's solved. Clean your hands. Yeah. Walk away. <laughs> oh, it's really um, ridiculous. Hey, yep. on, on a different topic, uh, a little lighter, I got, uh, I have a granddaughter. She's, uh, I have several, you know, a number of grandkids, six of them, but one, she's the oldest. So she just turned 15. And I want to tell you this real fast. She immediately did what any kid, most kids in Ohio do. I live in the northern part of Kentucky. She lives in Ohio, where my son and his wife and the two other kids live. And she immediately got a driver's license, age 15, and the law allows immediately to start driving. And the way it works is you are taught to drive, and this is what most households do, by loved ones and family members. And then at some point, and you you take a test, by the way, to get this driver's license, which is a written test, but you can go behind the wheel immediately upon uh, passing that written test. And then you can drive all over the place if you're with somebody who has a license, who is therefore teaching you how to drive. Eventually, you get some driver's ed classes and you eventually uh, take the driving test. So uh, a team of people are teaching this granddaughter. I'm just on the team. list. My, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the list. Yeah. And, and so my son, yeah, my, my, my daughter. List, but go ahead. Yeah. So I've been out driving around with her and I, you know, I think it's uh, very interesting um, and it made me think we were driving along. And I think I even said to her, uh, I wonder if Springer is going to teach his grandkid. And she said something like, God, I hope not. And, and I just, it's just a throwaway <laughs> line. When was the last time you, but in all honesty, Jerry, when was the last time you drove? Well, actually, <laughs> I think it was back in, no, uh, uh, 
I, I do, I mean, you know, around the neighborhood, I do drive, but it was funny because the discussion came up, you know, our grandson's 13. So of course he's already nipping at car. A couple, couple years. Oh, she'll be he's looking, uh, Opa, this would be a great car to have. I said, I know it would be, it would be wait, a great car to have. Wait you're not getting it. but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to yeah, have okay. this one. Uh, but, but yeah, and immediately, and this is true, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, you know, uh, Mickey and Katie chimed in, you're not teaching him. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, so I, so I, I will not be part of the team, as you call it. You don't think, you really don't think you will be? No, I mean, I, are you I, kidding? I, no. I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll take him out. See, we've and, got, and, my stepdaughter 17 and she's still working on hers and I haven't gone out with her yet. Her dad yeah. takes her out. <laughs> well, I, you know, and I, I taught two of my kids uh, and, and Jerry, uh, I think this can be said to pull me back. Uh, you have a daughter who's, you yeah. know, an adult and that's her son. We're talking about right. your grandson, but your daughter had some sight issues. So yeah, she she's never legally blind. She can't drive. Never got she, a license. Yeah. So that never was an issue though. In, because I think the uh, statute of limitations has passed. Yeah. You mentioned this well, on a podcast recap. What happened? There was a time when you, uh, back, yeah, back years ago. I mean, she's in her mid forties now, but when yeah. Katie was a teenager and, you know, we knew she would never drive because she's completely blind. And, um, but we did on a Sunday morning, we were living in Cincinnati. Yeah. We went to a shopping mall, like at seven thirty eight in the morning and there yeah. no cars there, nothing. It's just a huge, you know, on the east side of town, you probably know which one I'm referring to. But anyway, I think it was Eastgate Mall, actually. And it was, so there we are both there. And uh, I put Katie behind the wheel. And yeah. She was all excited. And we had we had rules. You know, I let her feel for the, the, the two pedals. And, you know, we had, uh, okay, release the brake and go, so easy on it, easy, slow, slow. And when I yelled, stop, you know, and then she would stop. And we kept going around in the, she had the time of her life. Aww. And there were no other cars there. There was nothing to bump into. It. But uh, I figured That's the statute really of limitations cool. is passed, so I can mention that. That's so that. interesting <laughs> because uh, I took my granddaughter out, uh, I don't know, recently. And I said, uh, Hey, let's go because I'm willing to do this with you and go a lot of places. I told her, <clears throat> and I have some places in mind: long stretches out Route 52 to New Richmond and beyond from Cincinnati, where it's a uh, yeah. you know nice highway. It's not an interstate, but there's a couple lanes in each direction for a lot of it, and you could just get out there and you know not be in front of anybody, hold anybody up. But before we're you know, I said, but let's first go. Guess where? East Gate Mall, East oh, Side of Cincinnati. That's funny. Yeah, and it's now, um, and it's it is, some stores are not even operating. I was going to say, is that even still there? Yeah. Well, do they still have that knocked over uh, light pole? That- <laughs> yeah, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there with a big flag on it, their name. Yeah. But we drove. You know, that's a great place. I wonder how many parents and grandparents take kids over there because it's a great place. It's really wide open spaces. Um, but, you know, it made me think, we were joking right before we came on the air about changing a tire. I think Megan asked you, what what can you fix? 
And there was yeah. quite a long pause. Literally <laughs> nothing. Yeah. That, and it was in a rapid and that fire. Is, that is true. I mean, when I think about it, if someone said to me, you don't know how to fix anything. I think that's true. I don't know if anything breaks in the house, if anything, basic stuff. When, you know, if the car stops, let's say, you know, I am driving someplace and I suddenly there's smoke coming out of the engine or whatever. And I open the front part. What do you call that? The hood. The hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. Not jumping words. off at a great spot and you know there, what? <laughs> I think there are a lot of guys that open up the hood and they're looking like they're going to see something. They don't have a clue, particularly with the cars today. Everything. It's, all, it's all electrical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking, you know, I could be looking at a bakery shop. I have no idea. I, I feel like you're very lucky that because Mickey seems like she's very capable. We had and- the discussion today. She, <laughs> she fixed no, because in Chicago, we had a problem with the sink and there was a leak and she goes underneath and she fixed it. Amazing. About so 20 minutes surprised. later, she fixed it. I didn't have a clue. She says, <laughs> could you bring me a towel? You know, God, in the so tone of voice scary. that I was useless. Yeah, yeah. Well. Could you at least get me a towel? I'm standing there. I have no idea. Here's what, what happened doing. the other the other days. <laughs> See if this is relatable, and tell me what you would have done. I'm uh, my wife is in uh, Florida with visiting our uh, my daughter and her family, and uh, she's you know babysitting, helping them out because they've got some job. Uh, obligations. Yeah. And so she went down and I'm here alone in the condominium. Uh, for anybody listening, that's going to look up my address, come think you're going to rob me. I have two guns in the house. I have a long oh. gun, uh, uh, 45 calibers. So, you know, uh, that's a joke. Oh my God. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> not um, a good joke, but it anyway, was it's six in the morning. I'm dead asleep. I'm just like, it could have been two in the morning. That meant I'm yeah. dead asleep. And for the first time in my life, all the fire alarms in my condo, of which there are six, because they're all linked together, you yeah. know, and they all have batteries, but they're all linked together. So if one goes off, they all go off, right? Because it could go off in another part of the of the living space, and you might not hear it if you're sleeping in a different part. They all go off. And do they are yelling in the English language, evacuate fire. They're very specific. I didn't know that. And they're extremely loud. And there are flashing lights and all the lights are off coming out of all of them. I jumped up and it's like, you know, you got to wake up. And that took a few seconds and it's like, okay, it's go time. What's the drill? And I have in my head, and that's the question I have to you, Jerry, and you, Megan. Yeah. Do you have a drill in your head or not? <laughs> obviously, the first thing on the drill is get the hell out of the building, obviously. But I got a couple of other boxes to check off before I go. Things I'm going to grab, places I'm not going to go. So, uh, you know, my, my on my list is grab your phone. I, first of all, grabbed the wrong thing. I grabbed a little transistor radio about the size of my phone. <laughs> and I realized I didn't have my phone. So I grabbed my phone. Then I grabbed a a, uh, a safe 
that's about the size of a small suitcase. It has all the documents in it. And I know where it is. What's, it, grab what's, that. That, what's that combination again? Yeah. One, two, three, four. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. so oh. can remember it. <laughs> I come to think of it. And it's opens, it opened with a key and I, I left the key in the house. And I yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> and then I got a, and so I'm, and then it stopped. And I thought, what the hell do I do now? Do I yeah. trust? I looked around, I didn't see any smoke. I called 911 like fast. And I get on 911, and and by the way, it routed me to Cincinnati, and I live in Kentucky. Yeah. And they said, "Where are you?" And I said, "Ludlow, Kentucky." And they said, "Hang on, let's ship you over to Kenton County." And they sent me yeah. over there, <clears throat> and I told them my address. Because see, a cell phone, we must all know that's when you give up landlines. They haven't had a landline in decades, so there's no immediate connection to your sure. address. So anyway, got all that worked out, and they said, "I'm going to send somebody." And I said, do not send them up here with sirens on because this neighborhood will go. Because we've had big so fires. It, was only, it wasn't like the neighborhood suddenly was out like a lightning hit a and set off all the alarms or something. It wasn't what that? The hell it was. The fire department showed up and we went through the whole place. But here's this circles back to you, Jerry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I then how thought, useless you are. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a question. <laughs> I figured I better deal with my smoke. I've never had smoke alarms replaced oh, only geez, about five years that? ago. Yeah, we hear it. What? The thunder. Thunder. The alarms oh, the are going off. Okay. The, is the alarm going off? No, that was just that. Oh. So have you gone up on a ladder and changed all your uh, five volt batteries and all of your smoke alarms? Have you done at least that? No. What? He doesn't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, he doesn't. How about light bulbs, Jer? Let's start there. Can you change we have, a, we light have a light bulb? In fact, so you think I'm not totally helpless. I have here, and maybe oh, those Megan. people. You see this here? This is a light bulb. I see it. Uh, and I plugged it in myself. So I know where the, what do you call it, a socket? Mm -hmm. I know where the socket okay. is. I plugged it in. So I get Where's the, the shade left on side the lamp, of my Jerry? face a little light for those who are watching. <laughs> Because people are entitled to see the left side of my face much better than the right. Yeah, I hear you. So we put the light. Oh have you ever no, changed? I do have one thing of what I, the only similar situation. Well, alarms have gone off sometimes when you're in a hotel at night. Oh, I've never had back that. Yeah. The hotel, and that is because the oh, that'd alarm be scary. is so oh, they're oh, loud. Everyone's cursing because they got to go in the hallway and down and out the building. And that happened when. So that I've had that, but on 9-11, on a serious note, on 9-11, yeah. at the time in Chicago, I lived in what is the world's tallest apartment house, uh, building. And I was uh, 91 stories up and they oh, wow. evacuated the building. They came oh banging on doors because oh they didn't know the plane that was heading out, that crashed in Pennsylvania yeah. was heading out to um, Illinois. Oh, and wow. so they thought the Sears Tower, which it was called at the time in our building, was with the targets. So they banged on the doors and oh, set everybody man. out. And the two things I grabbed were the phone and my passport. I don't know why. Yeah. What well, was going good. through my mind that I decided to take my passport? Yeah. It's like the same thing I ran out yep. with. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. Well, this is again, we just travel it into such lighthearted topics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Pete's oh. sakes. We're going to go back to where we invited Tony back again. We have to have um, Tony here when we have happier times. Tony, um, when he's here to save us. So on 9-11, geez, old Pete's Jerry. Good God. Well, he called, well, Gene started it by saying he called 911. No, it was, no, it was a false the difference? alarm. It was nothing. Oh, my God. Anyway, That's anyway, we would like to welcome back Tony Logue. Hi, Tony. Hey, how Tony. you doing? Hey, how are you guys? So, Tony, I, I would have to assume that you are a capable human being. Um, you have some talent. You can play some music. You can sing. You can yeah. write. So he's you got a, a couple legs a pipe up on Mr. On top he's of a it. pipe he can, fitter. He can fix yep. anything. <laughs> so a couple legs up on Mr. Springer there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we come from two different two different spectrums. That's for sure. Yes, yes yeah. you do, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so very well put, Tony. Very, very well put. <laughs> so last time you were with us, uh, we asked you if you would come back because we really enjoyed Callaway County. Now, tonight um, we have a different song. This is Life's Blood that you're going to be playing for us. Now, is yeah, this sure. off of the same album or is this a different album that this is off of? It is. It's off the Jericho record as well. Yep. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the background on this story. Where did this come from, Life's Blood? Uh, well, it's kind of a story about a land feud, I guess you could say, here in, in West Kentucky. Uh, true story? Well, it's a true story. Yeah, it's oh. it's my point of view of a true story. Anyway, uh, some folks lost some land, uh, eminent domain, I guess you could say from from mm -hmm. the government a few years ago and these some people are still pretty ticked about it so i just kind of you know took some stories that i'd heard and and put some things together and just tried to tell one side of the story anyway you know yeah well what was, was the idea. dispute tony was the dispute uh the government took the land for what was it for a highway or for a shopping center what was the dispute? Uh, well, it was a TVA, and uh, okay. at first uh, it was to uh, to dam up the rivers, and some folks moved inland yep. uh, first, and eventually they were forced uh, totally out, and they turned the place into a national park of sorts. It's uh, called Lamb Between the Lakes now, and it's a great place, and I love the place. Don't don't misunderstand. Yeah, don't wow. misunderstand so, me there. It's been been great for me, but yeah, uh, some folks lost some land that was pretty dear to them, and they're still pretty ticked about it. Yep, yeah. yep. All right. Yeah. Well, here we have Tony Logue with Life's Blood off of the album Jericho. Enjoy. I heard tires couldn't red rock. Truck said TVA. I saw Daddy take the papers. Told him we couldn't stay. Mama stood there steady. Said Daddy, when we gonna leave? He just shook his head, slammed the door. We won't bargain thieves We ain't gonna back down We ain't gonna 
faithful Miss Bay. They hauled her down to Grand Rivers. They set her whole house ablaze. They left a pile of rubble. With all she owns inside. Daddy said, rest easy. He'll be on watch tonight. We ain't gonna back down. gentlemen again that was tony logue uh he's with us for the second week in a row and we're always happy to have him hopefully we can have you back again tony because um sure love your music love your storytelling and like you said a couple weeks ago when we talked that's such a lifeblood of of kentucky that storytelling um that yeah that passion and so we're we're happy to have you keeping that alive in this day and age so we know that we can check out your album jericho Tell us again where we can check that out and uh, what your preferred method of social media is so that we can follow you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, TonyLogueMusic.com is, I guess, home base, I guess you could say. You know, mo- most all the links to everything are there. Uh, and that's Facebook. L-O-G-U-E, right? Yeah. Yeah. L-O-G-U-E. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. Facebook, Instagram, you know, the whole, the whole get up. So, yeah, I'm there. Any plans for new albums coming out anytime soon? Well, I mean, I'm constantly working, so yeah, ho- hopefully soon we can we can get back at it. And Excellent. See, see what we can if do. you could, yeah. if you could put me in one of your songs, we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't do any more television, so somebody you know, has I'm, to pay I'm attention to like, them. 
maybe just one mention, just throw it in there. Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I think you can work your way into most country songs, Jerry. There should be some kind of a reference of like, this was Jerry Springer esque. Um, well, I think, well, I Jerry, think you made it in there. <laughs> hey, yeah. Jerry yes. and to- Tony, I've got an idea, Tony, and maybe you'd become part of this. We've been trying to get Jerry. There, there's a mountain in Georgia. Called- oh. <laughs> Tony, I'm talking just to you now. There's okay. a mountain in Georgia <laughs> called Springer Mountain. I have contended for years, we've been doing this podcast, that the mountain is named for Jerry Springer because of his TV show. And I've made calls down to the government people, and they they think that they don't think that's right, but I disagree with them. Anyway. (laughs) I disagreed with them. It is the the, uh, southern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. You've heard of that, Tony? 2,100-mile backpacking trail. You a backpacker by any chance? I'm not, no. Uh, really not. Uh, uh, but you look pretty fit. So I've been trying to get this team together to hike up uh, Springer Mountains, about a nine mile hike up to the crest and have Jerry plant the Springer family flag. I've gone farther, Tony. I've gotten, kid, by the way. I was going to say got, it's a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I've gotten a woman who is a YouTube phenom named Dixie who is a backpacker. She's done all three of the trails around North South America. She wants to be Jerry's guy. Her boyfriend is a singer songwriter. He's coming on the show in the near future. And yes, she's coming back on the podcast to try to get Jerry to hike that mountain. Here's the question to you, Tony. And this responds to what Jerry just asked you. Would you join the team and write a song about Jerry Springer's assault on Springer Mountain? Assault uh, or ascent? <laughs> Either way. Well, they call it mountain climbing and assault, but in ascent. And the answer to that is a hell yes. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I, I'll see what I can do. There oh, you go. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, Jerry, you're being immortalized. Okay. Tony, it's recorded now. You can't get out of it. Uh, it. Oh, I tell you what, you write a song, we'll have you back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In fact, if you don't write the song, we'll really have you back. There you go. Well, while you're checking him out, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you go to our social media as well. JerrySpringer.com, Jerry Springer podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, all of the social medias let us know what you think five-star reviews gene has to read something during the day bonnie's out of town he's got nothing else going on (laughs) so make sure you do that (laughs) and in the meantime we are actually going to have tyler childers and jerry springer taking us out down by the riverside see you guys next week thanks guys
Bells, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Thanks for having us. You guys are great.